I'm Dr. Scott Lyons, and you're watching or listening to The Gently Used Human. Have you ever witnessed the transformative power of a single swipe of bold lipstick, or found yourself wondering how TikTok turned the sunburn into the latest beauty trend? Have you ever found yourself in the debate of whether makeup is a repressive and exploitative device or a transformative power of self-expression? Is it hurting our mental health or unlocking our creativity? Well, these are the questions we dive into with my special guest, Carrie Barber, the visionary behind Make Beauty, who has also created pigment magic with icons like Glossier, Sephora, and New Beauty. Carrie's journey is a testament to merging innovation with a conscious ethos. Through her lens, we see beauty that's not just skin deep, but also planet kind, pushing boundaries in clean cosmetics and pioneering the use of lab-engineered natural ingredients. Together, we'll navigate the vibrant spectrum of beauty entrepreneurship, explore the pulsating world of trends in the digital age, and dive into the profound interplay between beauty, mental well-being, and self-acceptance. Carrie also reveals her inspiring story of how her learning disabilities pushed her to think outside the box, allowing millions of people to find their expression. Let's get this started. Well, Carrie, welcome to the Gently Used Human. We're so glad to have you. Oh, such a pleasure. (laughs) <laughs> Such a pleasure. I like to start my show every week with asking the guest this question. Did you have a dream about me last night? <laughs> Funny you should mention that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, I had a dream that we had a full day of therapy, that this just turned into like an all-day therapy session. And how was it? What was the therapy like? I remember waking up feeling like, oh, I really needed that. So I'm going to assume that it was really good and super helpful. (laughs) Amazing. Do you remember some of the subjects we might have broached in our all-day therapy session slash dream? I'm sure it was every topic, but I don't specifically remember (laughs) which topics. I mean, there's a few on top of my mind that I'm sure we would have talked about, but... (laughs) Mm, Are any of them in the realm of entrepreneurship? Some of those, yes. Oh, okay. Uh And dating. Oh, gosh. Okay, let's, we'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And just, I don't know, I'm, I'm like going through a big transition period, which is strange because I'm usually really certain about things. Mm -hmm. I usually feel like pretty good and resolved with a lot of things, even if it's chaotic or stressful. But right now I'm kind of just like, "Mm." (laughs) you know, so that's seeping into my dreams. That's interesting because you're, I would call like a serial entrepreneur. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think I'm at the beginning of that journey. You're at the beginning (laughs) of the journey. I mean, you've been doing it for a while in some degree. Yeah. And I'm excited to talk to you about like entrepreneurship and your journey through it. It's interesting that you're saying like eh, in the transition, because I'm like, is there any point in entrepreneurship where it doesn't feel like you're on the roller coaster of hell slash precipice of shitstorm slash transition? So it's interesting that maybe it sounds like there's like a resilience to it in other times. And right now there's like something that just 
kind of tips it over the edge of capacity? Yeah, I think entrepreneurship is kind of like a mentality and it requires a lot of surrender and also like a lot of emotion, but at a pretty stable level because all the things that happen, you know, I learned this pretty early on, like if something goes wrong, which it always does, no matter what, like you can't (laughs) let that pull you in. You can't let Mm -hmm. it like bring you down. You know, I think it's important to spend time with the mistakes you make or spend time celebrating like the big wins that you have. But then it's like you have to, okay, great. Like moving on, I have work to do kind of thing. (laughs) I appreciate that. Yeah. That's like the mindfulness of entrepreneurship. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it just requires a lot of trust in knowing that you're going to figure it out which a lot of people, even friends of mine who are starting businesses, like don't necessarily have. And it's hard for me to relate because they just like wallow in the things that happen. And I'm like, that would motivate me to figure out a solution and to get creative. And I really trust that I'll figure it out. And I have a good team of people around me who I trust to help me figure it out, or maybe they'll figure it out. (laughs) But it also requires so much stamina which is another thing that I didn't really anticipate, I think, when I started my brand. And right now I'm at a level of zero stamina. So I think that's like affecting my mood, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm curious. Okay, so let's go back to you talked about a, a level of like trust and recognizing that challenge is a place of growth. For you, like it's been like, okay, this is where we get creative. We bump up against a wall. We learn to build a staircase or something like that. And it's like, where did you learn that? Because I I don't know if that's innate in all of us. Yeah. Well, my dad was an entrepreneur and I think that both of my parents were very good at sort of being like, you'll figure something out. And I was always the kid who was like going to do it different, you know, and figure out I'm like, okay, I'll learn how they're doing it. I'll take what I want from that. And then I'm going to figure out my way of doing something. Yeah. And my dad was just really creative in terms of problem solving. And so I think that's probably early where that came from. But then my, my business partner, Ben, is also that way. And I think just being able to be around him and see how calm and collected he is about figuring out solutions to problems that to me in the beginning were catastrophic Mm. and he's just so like okay what are the options and then you know just being around an environment where people are like okay well what if we tried this and then someone will be like what if we did that and this I've been around a lot of like founders and entrepreneurs also and you just kind of see that in a lot of ways you don't have really have a choice because you have to figure something out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I just I just also have this like innate sense that things will work out and that all of us are trying to do that and for the most part everything is figure outable. Mm. I think there's a book about that that I haven't read, but I'm like that's a good <laughs> It's I like called that Everything concept. is Figure Outable. <laughs> yeah, no, I read yeah. that book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm, you know, like I'm an entrepreneur too. It's, it is tough. And I think almost all the patients I've ever worked with to some degree are entrepreneurs, 
Like, I think that there's probably a magnetism there. And I, I have to say, I've learned a lot from being the therapist in that situation. I've learned a lot <laughs> from being a consultant and coming into companies and, and navigating how to support this creative process because it's hard. A lot of us yeah. run into walls and then we just lie down and tend <laughs> to the nosebleed and yeah. yell at the wall and like yeah. who put the fucking wall there and start to fight with the wall and then you're like oh wait if i turn to my left there's actually a doorway right <laughs> yeah <laughs> can you give me a, a specific example because you were talking about ben your your business partner of like how when someone models that creative problem solving how it it starts to i don't know transfer over to you as being around it so i Maybe if you give us like an example, we might be able to absorb it too. The way that we sort of run our business is we have a super small team of people that do a lot of different things and we move at such a quick pace, which is what I think makes our sort of business model very successful. However, it requires so much of people. And also like we move really fast that we make a lot of mistakes Mm. and I think something that I really admire about our team is like, okay, let's say that we like misspelled a word on packaging. It's like, okay, it happens. I used to be such a perfectionist and I still am, but it sort of gets in the way now of being able to work. So now it's just kind of like, okay, great. That happened. We will reprint it spelled correctly next time. And what are the ways, like, what can we learn from the mistakes that we've made And like almost really pick those things apart and try to understand how we won't make those same mistakes moving forward. Because I think that's where a lot of success comes from is we're all going to make mistakes. Things are going to go wrong. And if you're not like, oh, oops, oh, I spelled something wrong. I'm just going to forget about it. You're not learning from that thing. And then you get to sort of, you know, people come together and we figure out new systems for making sure that it's spell checked or things like that. I sort of also think that when you collaborate with a team that is working on some sort of every aspect of the business, you sort of like have someone's solution, another person's solution. And then when you come together, you create like a third solution. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that that's super specific, but right now we're going through trying to figure out what we're launching next year, trying to figure out creative ways to buy packaging for certain things but you know there's like a 20,000 minimum order quantity and make is not selling at that volume right now so we were trying to figure out how can we buy what we need and then deco it for a certain thing but use it later or can we buy 20 of those jars and four different colored caps you know trying to figure out ways and while we were doing that we ended up deciding that we wanted to launch different flavors of one of our products because we started with this like limiting MOQ that we couldn't fulfill. And then we're like, oh, colored caps. Oh, flavors. Oh. And I was really excited. And we hadn't even planned on that. It happened in 10 minutes. Wow. This is your edible lipstick line, right? This is... I I, I actually don't have it with Do you have an edible line? No. No. It's like a our lip mask. I don't have your one lip here. mask. Oh, I, that was a good guess then. Yeah, it's also so yummy that you could eat it. 
I mean, you shouldn't <laughs> I'm eat going any to. makeup, but... <laughs> I mean, most of your stuff is vegan and gluten-free, right? Yeah, it's clean, vegan, gluten-free. So I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah, yeah. I would like to be a taste tester of your okay. lip gloss. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it. <laughs> a barrel. I just want barrels. Yeah. You know, I uh, want to bathe in it and I want to eat it. Same. I want to put it on my like squash as a decorative yeah. <laughs> flavor. How do you assess what the future is going to look like? Because you've been doing this for years. Like that's been part of your job, right? Whether yeah. it's your company or others. Yeah. I actually think that we're in a really interesting moment right now with trends because multiple people have asked me what I think fall trends are going to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, how am I supposed to know that? Because <laughs> what, because like, we're here what? in the fall. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like, you know, it used to kind of be like, okay, there's sort of like a reliable trend of things coming back, like Y2K, you mm -hmm. know, for example, things that are sort of decades old that come back and get modernized. Or I think like pre-social media and specifically pre-TikTok, it was much easier to be like, we're going to predict these colors and these kinds of looks. But now everything moves so quickly and there's a new trend like every two weeks. Oh, wow. So, you know, like with beauty, it was like, oh, latte makeup or strawberry girl makeup, which is really just like the fake sunburn that was trending last summer. Oh. So I'm just kind wait, of wait, like... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> the a fake sunburn was all the rage? Yeah. There was like a, a moment where people were putting blush on their noses, which it brightens your eyes and it kind of gives you more youthful appearance. And then it just oh, started okay. to kind of do like more. So it's like, a, <laughs> it's like you're really bronzy and it looks like you've just sat out in the sun like for 20 minutes too long, but it's very youthful and it's glowy. And it, you know, it was like, it was really cute. I really liked it. But then that came back around. Did everyone look like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Like, what did it look like? No, it, it's really balanced. It's okay, it's balanced. Photo. It's, yeah, it's really balanced. It's, okay. it's just kind of like, it's like you spent all summer outside and you're like relaxed and you, you know, you okay. had a lot of fun and, you know, that's kind of how it made me feel. <laughs> wow. And yeah. are you saying like those trends are now like starting more on social media, starting on TikTok and moving so quickly through? Yes. And they're just moving so quickly. And I think too, that there's also just now we see so much that it's like, there's not like one trend or a certain kind of makeup that I think I'm like, oh, that's going to be a trend next year. Wow. And we're at this kind of like expansive, just constant newness moment yeah. that, you know, when someone's like, what do you think is going to trend for looks next year? I'm like, I don't know what's going to trend next week, but I think like, <laughs> you know, because, and now it's just yeah. like so many more people are online and makeup yeah. is so popular on social media that there's so many like individual takes, you know, and, and of course there's the makeup artists who I still think identify trends, but I think they're more concepts. Mm. Some things I was thinking of were like things that don't go together, like a blue eyeshadow and like a rusty red lip is something that I saw that I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. I would never do that. I also still think like makeup is going to hit this like maximalist point where it's been minimal and no makeup for so long 
that now it's just, I see so much. And then also I feel like a refinement of classic things, you know, like a red lip or black eyeliner or just things like, you know, in terms of looks, those being trends, but with like larger concepts, like maybe ingredients or certain, we talk a lot about this. Actually, we talked about it yesterday at my office is we use a lot of biotech ingredients. Is that like peptides or what's included in biotech? So biotech is like a lab engineered ingredient. So for example, using like a plant squalene rather than using squalene from a shark fin as one example. So basically like... thank (laughs) you. On behalf of all the sharks. I know. We call it lab engineered natural ingredients or Lenny. So there's a lot of benefits to taking an ingredient, cloning it. It's identical. It's better for the environment. It's better for your skin. It's a more stable ingredient. You can make less of it. But also things like upcycling ingredients or advancements in a pigment. Like we have a concealer that's skin mimetic. So the pigment, I have a light cool shade and I'll put concealer on sometimes and I watch it change it's adjusting to mimic the pigment in my skin. Wow. So things like that. Like I think just in terms of beauty trends, better ingredients, more advanced, like infusing powders with skincare or creating powder that's talc-free, which is really challenging. But the technology and the advancements in creating makeup is there. And so I think those things are going to start to be trends where people are using technology to create better formulas and better pigments and but I don't really know how to predict trends (laughs) wow well I mean I find it so interesting what you're saying is like how our urgency culture and kind of our jumping and the very like short attention span the which is part of urgency culture interruption attentional culture and it's like being mimicked in trends like what might have lasted months or a whole season before is now ending in a week or two. I mean, on on one hand, like, so cool, all this creative genesis, but on the other Mm -hmm. hand, like, sounds chaotic as shit. (laughs) Yeah. It feels a little chaotic, especially when, you know, someone's like, what are the trends? I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. I can't even (laughs) open TikTok without being like, oh, that trend, I haven't even seen that. Oh my gosh. You know, and then of course the urgency, like you're saying, it's like, oh, if I don't get on TikTok in one day and do martini makeup, which is another thing I was like, what? What the fuck is that? What? <laughs> What's martini it's makeup? It's olive green. It's an olive okay. green eye look. I mean, it's like fun and I think it's cute. You know, those are like fun, cute things. And of course, if someone's like, oh, like yesterday I did a red wine thing and I was like, that's easy. You know, great, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> like, give me some content. But I think, too, there's, you know, if, if you're online and you're... My partner, Ben, is actually really good at this. Like, he just pays attention. And in such a focused way, he'll hone in on one thing. For example, derm skincare. A few years ago, he was like, I think that that's going to start to be really popular because skincare is such a Wild West category. And... Germs are doctors, they give validation to these formulas. And I think that's really important. 
One thing that I think is super important in the beauty industry is trust. And if you have someone who's validating what you're doing and you trust them, they give authority, like you get those customers, you know, they're sort of lifers with you if you gain their trust. But who knows what's going to (laughs) happen? Yeah, I mean, I both appreciate that. And then it requires that much extra work. I mean, like, anxiety is the discomfort for the unknown and we're in the constant unknown. And so it's like that sensation of anxiety that we get is like, okay, we've lost the capacity to surf the unknown, to like ride the fluctuating waves of what the fuck is going on or I don't know, or just like the mysteriousness of life or trends or whatever it is in any field. Yeah. But yeah, it's in this fast moving thing. Was creativity always something that was just available to you or is this something that's like a developed capacity? It's definitely something that's always been a part of me. I was a very hyper child. I had, you know, creative parents and they gave me a lot of space to sort of just like try things out and be, you know, who I was. And, and also I was really dyslexic growing up and I didn't learn how to read until I was I mean I had a third grade reading level in high school so I you know had to fake a lot of things and be really creative in terms of how I learn and I think when you especially when you're younger there's so much focus on being smart and doing well in school and I've never really been that interested in that (laughs) (laughs) I had a lot of energy. So I was an athlete. And then I also was just creative because that was something I was, no one was like scoring me on that. I got to just try things out. There was no right or wrong. It was not something that I had to read or write. And those things just really helped me, I think, feel good about myself and distract from the fact that like no one figured out that I was dyslexic until I was in high school. So I've always been creative and I think that I also am like a creative who like really thinks of like big concepts and I'm a big dreamer and I'm a romantic and that's always kind of been my thing. And then some people have called me a tastemaker, which I don't disagree with, but I also like can't describe like what that is exactly other than I just like have an eye. I have good taste. It's like this innate thing that I've gotten much better at, but I've always kind of had it. That's just a God-given gift, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, 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 I love that. I want to take a moment to give a loud shout-out to The Embody Lab, which is one of the most incredible resources for body-based and somatic therapies. This show is all about healing, and The Embody Lab does exactly that. Whether you're on your own journey of transformation and discovery, or enhancing your skill sets in your career as like a coach or a therapist, a body worker, or really any career where you are supporting other gently used humans, the Embody Lab is your place for deep, inspiring, and impactful workshops, certificates, masterclasses, and an incredible community of like-minded folks. I love the Embody Lab. And so do so many other people that call it a platform to come home to over and over again. The Embody Lab is giving my listeners an exclusive offer. 
a one-time 10% off code to enhance your embodied well-being. All you have to do is go to theembodylab.com and use the code GENTLYUSE10 at checkout. I really hear the link too of like when you're talking about like the challenge of, you know, learning difficulties early on and being like, well, you could have just collapsed to it, but some conditions, some resources, something allowed you to be like, or I'll get creative, which is just like going to the gym of creativity over and over mm-hmm. again until yeah. you've really built that muscle up, which then look at you now as like working in all of these major companies as an art director as like, you know, like identifying trends and helping the future of the whole industry. Like, I think that's amazing. I've listened to a lot of podcasts about entrepreneurs who are dyslexic and, you know, uh, Richard Branson is one I can think of off the top of my head. And especially when you don't know that you're dyslexic and also it was so severe. I mean, I just, again, I like couldn't read or write and you know, my parents are like, you're smart and I don't understand why you're failing (laughs) in school. Yeah. It gave me this sort of like tenacity and this motivation to prove people I am smart and I'm going to prove you otherwise. And I'm going to figure out ways to like prove that I'm smart because yeah, so I can't read a book, but I can do a lot of other things, you know, and maybe that's where that entrepreneur mindset comes from because you're just like, who said I have to do it that way? Exactly. I love yeah. that. And, and I resonate so deeply. I had pretty severe dyslexia too as a kid and was told I would never even graduate high school. And mm-hmm. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I mean, I, I overheard a psychologist, a neuropsychologist tell my mom just how dumb I was. Yeah. And <laughs> But again, it's like, I, like you, I'm so I feel so grateful that I'm like, then fuck it, I'll find my own way and I'll get creative and... You know, when I was in grad school, I would have teachers email me and they're like, I read what you wrote and I'm pretty confused because when you speak in class, you're so articulate. Is there something going on in your writing? And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. And, like, and then I would approach them and be like, instead of writing all these papers, can I have conversations with you to prove I've done the reading and, or can I make a dance show? Like, I'll make a fucking interpretive dance around some neurocognitive psychology subject matter. Like, I don't give a shit. I'm, you know, like when I, I did one of my dissertations in public health on the Tuskegee syphilis study, which is not the sexiest subject by any means, <laughs> but they allowed me to do it as a dance show oh my as gosh, my final dissertation, amazing. which was so generous because I just couldn't organize in that traditional way. Yeah. The dance show was not that great either, but (laughs) (laughs) it was creative. At least you tried. Yeah. I did try. I did try to make syphilis a interesting dance theme, but onward. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, one of the other things I really wanted to chat with you about today was like the link that you've explored between like mental health and the psychology of beauty. I think that... Something that's really important to me now and something I've always found in beauty is that it's so much more expressive than something like fashion, for example. When I was in college, I thought that I wanted to make fashion films or, you know, for a second, I thought I wanted to be a fashion designer, but I actually didn't want to do that. And I just felt like 
the energy in the fashion industry and you know again this was 15 years ago so I think it's all sort of different but it was just like this pressure and this certain expectation of how you should look and how you should be and I'm just not that person and I think with beauty I felt like I still there was still like an editorial fashion aspect to it but there was just so much more space and expression or just it just felt different to me and I also found through beauty this emotional connection because I was very shy up until like three years ago like social anxiety didn't even want to go out to, into public to like have to go to the grocery store and thank god for like instacart and and uber eats <laughs> postmates the jet the use human brought to you by instacart <laughs> <I'm> just <kidding. laughs> i just like when people name drop things like that i'm like brought to you by <laughs> not sponsored <laughs> no sponsored hopefully fingers crossed yeah yeah but not saying no <laughs> so you wow just three years ago yeah all of this was present wow I don't know. I was such a perfectionist and I was also so concerned about how I looked and how I acted. And if I didn't know something, I didn't want to feel stupid. So I just avoided it for the most part. (laughs) But I have always found connection through beauty products, like specifically products. And I think there's such like a magical thing that happens when like say you're at a Sephora and you know you're both looking at a mascara and someone's like that's the best mascara I've ever used and I'm like what you know and then you start <laughs> you start talking to a stranger and it gives you this common ground that I think is so special and there's such a shared connection over an obsession with products that make you feel good and That is something that I think has kept me in beauty. There's so many friends that I have that are actual friends that I've met through the beauty industry that I can sit and talk with hours for someone I don't know about product because these products like make us feel good. And I think on the one hand, one of the reasons that we're doing what we're doing is because we want to create products that people can use, can know are going to make them feel good. And It sort of sounds superficial, but like there is so much power there and there's nothing wrong with using a product, skincare or beauty product to make you feel better. Like when I'm in a bad mood or I don't feel good or need a little moment of meditation, I'm going to do my makeup. There is a power there. It's not superficial. And, you know, I think the beauty industry is so much less now about changing your appearance or all looking one way or you know, it's not about fixing and changing. It's about like enhancing and feeling good. I really appreciated what you said because, you know, when I'm talking about that tension behind beauty products offering confidence and beauty products, like on the other side of it, like beauty products creating dysmorphia or like Mm -hmm. that sort of tension between the two. And I, I appreciate the framework you're saying around like, look, part of even a brand choice is to go shift from this will make you prettier as though you weren't already special and important and valued versus like, here's something that is a extension of you, an exaggeration, a play, an expression of you in the diversity that you are, that is actually recognized and celebrated. And I think that's such a different, important mentality 
that doesn't also then shame people for wanting to wear makeup because that doesn't work either. No. Mm -mm. I think this concept is really prevalent in the clean beauty space and also in anti-aging. So there are definitely ingredients and technology and expensive products that make your skin look and feel better. But at a certain point, if you have wrinkles, you have wrinkles. It's just the reality. And I think too, like I worked at a Violet Gray and I would write some stories about getting filler and about getting Botox. And, you know, something that was so annoying to me was like celebrities who are like, I haven't had any work done, just Botox. I'm like, girl, what? Girl, we went together. Yeah, I saw you there. You know, it's like, again, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Like, again, too, if people get plastic surgery, I'm all about it. If you want to change, if you want to do something that's going to make you feel better, by all means, I support that. We're saying interesting because I'm being interviewed about this tomorrow. And it's like, of the plastic surgery, I think we have this conception that people who go into plastic surgery or get filler or Botox that they have some type of mental pathology. And the reality is, it's only about 15% of those who are getting plastic surgery have a classified diagnosis of dysmorphia. 15. I'm interested in, again, these like nuances and tension points of going, if it makes someone feel better, isn't that okay? And can they also know that if they didn't get it, that they're still loved, that they're still valued, that they're still important? And can they hold both of those? Yeah. I think like with Botox and filler especially, it's also just kind of like a, like I used to get my lips filled and I used to think, oh, I'm going to feel better after that. And then I was kind of just like, I don't feel any different actually. Yeah. And it <laughs> hurts know. so much. So yeah. bad. I know. It hurts. Now I use products that help. Yeah, they're not as full as they were, but they're full enough that I'm kind of like, they're good. And I also know how to like make them look bigger with makeup. So that's fine for me. I still get Botox. I think that the more people talk about it and share about it, there's nothing wrong with doing it if it makes you feel good. And same with posting selfies. It's like, again, I think it's that balance of being like, I feel good and I want some attention. You know, like I think about that a lot too, especially with dating. It's like, I need a lot of attention and I know that I'm not a needy person though. I just want the attention. I want the sort of verbal affirmation, you know, and I want to feel good and I, you know, I can feel good on my own, but it it also is nice when you tell me that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look, we as humans like to be validated. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we shouldn't shame the impulse to be validated. It's just the nuance then of, like, can I also feel self-fulfilled? Can I also be validating myself? Can I even receive the validation? Because that's the funny one. It's like, if we're yeah. constantly in the hunger that's for so validation, <laughs> it might be that we actually aren't absorbing it as it is. And then it's we're constantly hungry. Right. That's so true. Was this the therapy you had in your dreams? <laughs> I mean, that's a really good point because I do think that being able to receive it is so important. And that's not something that I've recently thought about where I'm like, okay, am I able to take in the good things that are happening, the nice things that people are saying about me or about make? 
am I able to even notice the attention that I'm getting? You know, like right now I'm dating someone who I would consider a unicorn in LA because oh, he is. Oh, yay. I know. I know. And it, it's like almost, I'm just like, mm, I don't know. That's, that's not real. <laughs> I, you know, it, but I'm just like, no, actually like you're a normal person in LA. There are other normal people here. And He's so consistent. He communicates well. He is affectionate. He makes plans, like all of these things. And it, here I am, like sitting over here, just being like, I wonder if he likes me. Like, why hasn't he asked me to be his girlfriend yet? And one of my friends was like, How long has it been? I'm like, I don't know, five weeks. And she was like, Okay, relax. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh, okay. But I'm also in a space of dating and relationships where I'm like, building new behaviors and new patterns. So it's like, okay, maybe if I just sit for a second and I acknowledge that I feel impatient, but also like just take a second to like take in what's actually happening and don't miss it. That sacred pause. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of sacred pauses, I would like to not take a sacred pause and do something really fun with you. A game that I call, Carrie, will you dress me up in your love? I have watched some of your videos on said social media mm -hmm. and I pulled out my old drag makeup kit of makeup. Oh my God. Makeup that hasn't been used is very likely to be expired from like 12 years ago when I was making my way through grad school as a drag queen. So I have a bunch of makeup and I would love for you to give me a tutorial of some sort. I don't care what we do. I trust you. And so whatever we do, I will do it. Also, I can't believe that we didn't talk about you being in drag queen at all. Oh, that's because I'm the host and I get to decide what we talk about when right. we talk uh -huh. about it. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> First of all, I was really shitty at makeup and my drag mother, world famous Bob, came oh. to me and she said the nicest thing. She didn't comment on it. She said, babes, I love you. I'm doing this makeup class. Do you want to come as my guest? Because I love you so much. And I didn't realize until I got to the end of that class why she invited me. Because mm -hmm. I was just like, I had legs for days and makeup was a mess. So I have some 15-year-old mascara that was probably my mother's. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had this... This brushy thing for my eyebrows, I think. I have this white makeup. I have some, I don't even know if this company is still in a business, Bare Minerals. Oh, they are. Mm -hmm. They are. Okay. That specifically though, that was such a moment that ID, it's like yes. a powder, right? The it's a powder. Mm -hmm. I have a foundation that has SPF, so I can go out later and however you dress me up. Uh -huh. That SPF probably won't do much for you, but. No. <laughs> Plus, I'm already tan. I have some, I don't know what this is. It says, oh, it's called blush. I don't know if you've heard of that. I have a brush. I have these sticky things that I believe go under my eye or over my eye. Oh, yeah. Like an eyeliner? Yeah, one of those things. I have a scissors in case you're going to oh, uh, give me a haircut. It was actually my grandma's scissors. I have one fake eyelash that's literally 20 years old, probably 15 years old. I have something in here, which I don't know. Wait, what was your kind of drag look? Clearly very hot, right? Yeah. 
I mean, this that is, goes without saying. So my, <laughs> I have some lipstick and I also, oh, I also brought some strawberries mm. oh. and some blueberries because you never know. I never know how you're going to dress me up in your love. So as you're tutorialing me, I will tell you about my drag look. So okay. where should we start? I also have makeup remover. Should I start with that? Do you have any makeup on? No. <laughs> Okay, then you're probably good. <laughs> no, no, okay, okay. What color is your lipstick? This is chocolate. Oh. I might have other ones. I have a chocolate one. Oh, I have a Barbie pink. No, that's not Barbie pink. That's a rosé. And oh, here's another lipstick. I hope the audience is having a blast. This lipstick is what I would call maybe a classy red. I don't. Would we, oh, what yeah. do we call that? Yeah, I, would call it I think like a Julia classic. Roberts red. Yeah, mm, I like that. Is that what we're going for today? I think so. Okay. I think we should do like brows and a flush cheek and... Should we do a strawberry burn since I have strawberries? Yeah, <laughs> I've never actually put strawberries on my face though. Well, I'm, I'm here for the experiment of being dressed up in your love. Where do we start? Do you have something to brush your brows up with? I always start with brows. You always start with brows. I have this little like Swiss army knife of um, oh, yeah. a comb and a brush. Oh, yeah. So I would just start brushing your brows up. Okay. So <laughs> up towards the sky. You want to follow the direction of the hair. So like these hairs on me sort of go up this way. So on like a diagonal? Yeah. Like you want to sort of follow their natural like these are a little more straight on the ends, but yeah, the ones okay. in the sprouts sort of go up and then these towards your temple. This show is also brought to you by the absolutely stunning and powerful tools for transformation that are created by Omala. Oof, even the name Omala transports you to a place of flow and vitality. These are some of my favorite products ever, like an amazing color-changing yoga mat that responds to your temperature and presence and reflects back your posture in real time. They have this incredible smelling skin balm candle that heats up to activate all the essential oils and vitamins that your skin has been craving for. I mean, look, if I could live in a giant bath of this candle, I would 100% do it. They also have these journals that lead you into a profound insight, and then you can plant those journals to create a stunning flower garden. I mean, damn, if that's not both deep and inventive, I don't know what is. If you're someone who desires to live in a luxurious flow of life and who believes in transformative wellness, then you have to check out Omala. Omala is giving my listeners an exclusive discount to treat yourself to something that is as special as you, boo. All you have to do is go to omala.com, that's O-M-A-L-A.com. Use the discount code DRSCOTT10 at checkout. And a portion of every purchase goes to an incredible charity. You got this. I'm already feeling like I'm looking more like my Russian ancestors. <laughs> Brows are the easiest way to sort of like look awake. Uh-huh. Not that you look tired, but just... <laughs> I'm tired. I was up late. I dated a celebrity eyebrow person 
whose name I won't mention. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. And they said to me, you have nice eyebrows. And I mm, said, you do. I will go on a date with you. <laughs> and it didn't, no, oh, I have <sighs> strawberry in my teeth now. That's hot. <laughs> okay. Can I use the eyebrow thing to pick the strawberry out of my teeth like dental yes. floss? Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's a big seed. <laughs> I know. That strawberry really attacked the gap between my teeth here. Okay. I got it. Don't forget this eyebrow, your other eyebrow. Oh, okay. I will not forget it. So my drag look was the less clothes, the better. So I would wear nothing, basically. I would make merkins. Do you know what a merkin is? Uh-huh. Okay. So it's a wig that goes in your gentle region, except I would usually do origami shapes and then glue them down there. And then I would wear like a fake mink coat and that was kind of it or... Chic. I had some other looks, but it was definitely the look was less is more. And I never wore a wig, rarely wore a wig because I was really bad at hair. And I never shaved my beard. That was my rule. Oh, Everything else, hair that. be gone. I used... Do you remember Nair? I used Nair back in the day. So did I. It was so good. The Nair <laughs> now is not the same. I'm pretty sure that I shaved off five years of my life from using Nair. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I've done my eyebrows. What is next? Okay. So I would... Oh, you have complexion, right? Like a foundation. What is that? This is white. Because back in the day when you did drag, you had to put like white as the base for everything. I don't know what it is now. I'm not up to speed with the drag kids of today. Yeah, white makes a lot of sense. But I think for this, maybe... It's not even opened. Wow, we're opening it for the first time. How exciting is that? I don't use white makeup, but... Well, when I dress you up with my love, we're doing all white. But I also okay. don't know what I'm doing. So, okay. So, I have the foundation. Okay. Do you have a brush for it? Is this brush okay? It's yeah. a big... It's bigger than my face. Yeah, that'll work. Okay. So, I no. would just balance out your complexion with, you know, just a little... Wherever you have redness, I like to focus it in the center oh. of my face. I just want to say that this camera creates the redness. The redness isn't actually there. Right. <laughs> It's not me, it's the camera. The camera adds redness and whatever else it wants to add. The camera is evil. Yeah. The the camera loves to add pores. It's a little too high def sometimes. I'm like, "Mm, less. Less, please. I know. I miss the old iPhone cameras. (laughs) I do too. They were blurry. (laughs) And you know, like on Zoom, I didn't even get to choose, but they just put a filter on that smoothed me out. And I was like, oh, yeah. First of all, I would oh, like yeah, a they... choice, but second of all, thank you for choosing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, I don't know if I've successfully done much, but I have rubbed a bunch of foundation that may or may not actually match my skin tone onto my face. <laughs> I can't really tell, but I think the general idea is The there. general idea is here. Okay. Yeah. So, moving yeah. forward, I have brushed myself silly. Now, <laughs> dress me up in your love. Should we do a lip, the red lip? We should definitely do a red Julia. Was this it? I can't. Or was this it? No, this was it. So how do I do my lips? I used to just like suck on the lipstick and then move it around. But I'm pretty sure that's not how it's done. <laughs> I, I want to do it with you. Since You're going to do it with me. Thank lip you. On, since I don't have a lip on. 
Do you also have a strawberry in your fridge for our finishing touch on our nose? I don't, but I have a strawberry blush that will work. Oh my gosh. Okay. You do the blush. I'll do the real thing and we'll do a comparison of who's okay. <laughs> who's got the best sunburn. <laughs> okay. So I like to start with my bottom lip first. Just, I think it's easier. That's this to one. Yeah. yeah, this one. <laughs> I don't <laughs> so know why I'm just... asking. This, I just want to confirm this is my bottom lip, right? <laughs> yeah. When I took anatomy all those many years, uh, okay, so I'm starting with my bottom lip and... I like to just start here in the middle. I start in the middle. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, this does not look good. I think I messed up. It's okay. We can fix it. It's just makeup. Oh, I love that. We'll just find a creative solution like we do in entrepreneurship. Like we'll just paint my entire face this color. Yeah. Or we can get a Q-tip. Oh. Okay, I don't think that is in. I have a, I have a chewing stick. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that is either. It's like to pick strawberries out of your teeth. I think I look like the Joker already, and I'm loving it. How dry is that lipstick? <laughs> well, it is 15 years old and has been sitting in a storage unit for that long. <gasps> I love that. Okay, so how far up do I go? Do I go into the crevices between the bottom and the top lip? Why does yours look so much better than mine? Well, mine's new. (laughs) Okay, okay. There's that. I think, like, rather than going all the way up to, like, where the crease of your mouth, it naturally will go up there, especially once you kind of do that. So I'm smacking my lips, and it's going to travel. It's going to migrate to the crevices. Yes, which we want. We want the migration. If you fill in to that sort of crease, again, it's going to just, like, enhance... You know, everything that's there and we don't really need that. Okay. Do my lips look enhanced to you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do do yeah. I feel and look like Julia Roberts to you? We're close, I think. We're close. Okay. What, <laughs> what more should we do? I think that we should do a, the cheek color. The cheek, that's right. And are we doing cheeks? I have this thing called Kiss. Hmm. And I have uh, this blueberry and I have this strawberry. Do you have a preference? Do you think that strawberry juice will stay in your cheeks? I think anything at this point will stay on that 30-year-old foundation I just put on my skin. (laughs) But I'm willing to try it. So I think, what do we think? Just smush it right into the zygoma, into the cheekbone, and then like swipe down? I would just actually just kind of like dab it in, yeah. Dab it in. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, wasn't like the original makeup like made from like berries and seeds and shit like that before we had fancy biotechnology yeah so i feel like we're really going back to the roots of makeup and entrepreneurship by going maybe i'll just sell strawberries as my makeup line yeah back to the source it's trending we'll call it back to the source yeah um (laughs) (laughs) uh, what do you think like it's very rosy it's very blood red And is this the right line that I'm following? Yeah. So I think when we were growing up and people would be like, oh, apply blush by like smiling, you know, and like... Oh, smiling. Mm -hmm. doing that. But you're not smiling all day consistently. So when you, when your face is just resting, then your blush comes down and it sort of pulls things down. So I like to not smile and sort of like keep my face very relaxed. I also like to not smile. Yeah, I mean, same. 
<laughs> then I sort of add the blush here because it lifts. And okay, so I'm swiping up a little bit. Brightening. Yeah. So okay, all the way up to my like hairline. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. So up, up, kind of to the eyebrow line. Yeah, because it just lifts. It. I do. I feel lifted. Right. I feel pretty. I feel. What's that song? Whatever it is. All right. I I feel like I only know that line. <laughs> I know. I feel pretty. I done. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> done. Okay. So are we gonna do our noses? Mm -hmm. Okay. So here comes the strawberry slash makeup on the nose. So I look sunburned. I look fucked sunburned. Just, just, just do you fun. find me sexy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, wait, there's uh, something useful about strawberry juice making my nose redder than like... Try to avoid the tip. Just do the bridge of your nose. Uh, That's how you okay. avoid the Rudolph. Okay, so avoid the tip. I'm just going to get some paper towel and wipe off the tip. Now, what if we use blueberries for eyeliner? That might sting. <laughs> Oh, okay. If you get like blueberry juice in your eyes. Have you had that happen before? No, but I'm just kind of like assuming that it's not going to feel great. Oh, okay. That is fair. I support you if you want to try that. However, it might burn. All right. I'm going to do something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smush the blueberry ahead of time. I'm going to stir it with this fancy brush right here that I have. I'm going to apply it. Where should I apply it? I feel like you should start up here on the brow bone. The like right, right, under your... right underneath the brow on the outer end. And yeah. so I'm a, oh yeah, that's the stuff. And just kind of like blend it out. I blend it by pushing my finger into the area. Yeah, I feel like blending, you know, it's like diffusing it a little. Mm -hmm. Unless you want mm -hmm. a, a very strong line, which I don't. Is that what's trending this week? It's all trending. <laughs> it's all trending shit. That's hard to keep track of. <laughs> I know. All right. So I have applied the blueberry juice to my under eye. I'm avoiding the crevice. So I'm just doing the upper area in case we want to do two colors. Right. I'm going to be so I... tasty after this. <laughs> like mixed berry. I'm going to be Parking. mixed berry yummies. Yeah. Hey, that could actually be a trend, mixed berry. Strawberry and blueberry. Do you think we should just start making TikTok videos of us putting fruit on our face and, and just like back to the roots? This is going to trend hard. This is going to trend so hard. I'm more open to this than other trends I've heard that are actually really fucked up and dangerous. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Some stuff on TikTok, I'm like, why? Please do not eat asbestos, kids. Please do oh, not. It oh is not God. candy. It is not that shit you buy at the carnival. All right, so I have blended Sedberry into my Great. bridges, and there's a little bit of seeds that are sticking out. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna blend in the seeds. Maybe they look like freckles. Do I want a freckle? Well, maybe the seeds, you know. Oh, the seeds be can be a freckle. I'll do the other side now because is symmetry still cool in makeup? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I always say sisters, not twins, just to take the pressure off. Sisters, not twins. What does that mean? You know, like my eyebrows will never, ever look identical, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. But I do think uh, it's <laughs> fine. They're individuals. <laughs> oh, wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. 
Sisters, not twins. Okay, I love that. Don't be mad because I do have twins. Oh, I'm not mad. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, so I have blended the blueberry into my left eye as well. I'm loving this look. I am, <laughs> I am fruitly trending. I am trending hard and no one has seen it besides you. Yeah. I wonder if anyone except me will see it. Well, I guess... Probably not. We, yeah. <laughs> we may or may not cut this. Who knows? But what matters is you dress me up in your love. And gosh, should I put on this one eyebrow? Eyelid? What, is it, what are these called again? These, eyelash. Oh, God. Eyelash. Is it like you. a full, full lash? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. This lash... Whoa, she's a big one. Got me kicked... Yeah, I stood outside the Met Gala with this lash. I didn't get to be let in. I just want to be very clear. But I stood outside with this lash. And she, <laughs> she, she is trending too. And I'm pretty sure I just smushed it on. But you know what? I am going the asymmetry. I'm not, I'm not inviting sisters it. to this party. Yeah. I love and it. I would say I feel completely dressed up in your love. And I feel uh. like we have gone deep into a flow state with coming back to our roots of natural ingredients, which I know is important to you and your brand, mm -hmm. and have fucking rocked it today. How fun. How fun. Thank you so much for being on the Gently Used Human. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. And I'm going to be at your house in like 10 minutes with this look. And I can't wait for us to go out. <laughs> we'll go to air one. Yeah. We'll show everyone where, where we got the inspiration. Sure, we'll, go, we'll go to the produce aisle. <laughs> exactly. Those $30 strawberries really lift the face and make it glowy, yeah. moist and glowy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh my God, love it. <laughs> Thank you so much, dear one. And where can people find you? Thank you for having me. I'm on Instagram, uh, mm -hmm. Carrie underscore Barber. And Make's account is Make Beauty Official. And same on TikTok. It's the same across. I only have those threads. Find her. Stalker. Get it. Yeah, stalker. Get that. I reply to all DMs, by the way, if anyone has questions. I'm going to challenge that. I'm going to just start sending bizarre DMs like, hey, what did you have for breakfast yesterday? And we're going we're gonna, to, I'm going to test that out. <laughs> we'll test it. Unless Great. someone is trying to, you know, spam Troll. me or yeah. sometimes I get some people who are obsessed with feet in my oh, hands and I, I don't I get those respond. people too. Yeah. I do respond. You do? I do respond. You're like, here's my, my Venmo. <laughs> no, I just send them a picture of my pinky finger. Oh my God. I know I shouldn't, I should engage, but I'm just like, I think it's funny and I get a little laugh out of it and hopefully they do too. And, yeah. you know, I'm just trying so to support funny. all the gently used humans out there the best yeah. I can. Yeah. And that one gently used eyelash. <laughs> <laughs> this, this gently used eyelash from the Met Gala, a la 2013. Oh, she's lived a life. She has lived a life. <laughs> all right thank you so much my love everybody go find and hang out with carrie online and enjoy her brilliance and her trending forecast mm -hmm. stay tuned, oh, stay tuned. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to the Gently Used Human podcast with Dr. Scott Lyons and friends. Visit GentlyUse.com for fun extras, including submitting your questions for advice from a Midwestern mom. And don't forget to spill the tea and gossip about the show with all your friends and frenemies. And show some love by giving us five stars and leaving a review in your favorite apps. This helps us connect with all the other gently used humans out there. Oh, and by the way, you look fierce today. <laughs>